This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Hello everyone. Tangkaho. Selamat datang. Konnichiwa. Hola. 안녕하세요. Assalamu alaikum. And Kiora. Connecting Cultures Features is a show by and for the beautiful and diverse multicultural people of Dunedin. Join me every Friday noon for Connecting Cultures Features on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, podcast on oar.org.nz.
and you're listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM. Kia ora everyone, welcome to Connecting Cultures Features, a show by for and about the multicultural people of Dunedin uh, in New Zealand. Today I'm here with Malcolm Wong. Kia ora Malcolm. Uh, kia ora. Thank you so much Nihau. for being here today. Lehu. Salam alaikum. Malcolm salam. Nihao. So we're here today to talk about um, your Chinese heritage in Dunedin, and we'll also be sharing about the Lunar New Year that's oh, great. happening. Yep. Year so the rabbit. Yes. Um, I get so excited about this year because <laughs> I'm a rabbit. Oh, and congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember two years ago I went to the Chinese garden, and I think it was the year of the ox. Ox, that's right. Um, and I just felt excited that, okay, in two years, it's going to be the year of the rabbit. Mm. I don't know what that means for me, but mm. so excited. Mm. Um, how's your year so far, 2023? 2023? Well, um, I can't wait, actually, for the year of the tiger to be over. It's been such a tumultuous <laughs> year for various things. Mm. Um, and uh, I'm look, really looking forward to the year of the rabbit. The year of the rabbit is supposed to be an uh, indication of peace, prosperity, and harmony. So and we're looking forward to that, I think. That is so beautiful. Mm. Um, what was the year of the tiger was for you? Yeah, the tiger was, well, it's the, the COVID interruptions, really. Um, mm. And unfortunately, my, my mother passed away, um, and so as well. So, she, But she, she was 102, <gasps> so she had a long and full life, mm. uh, and she died peacefully um, without pain. So... That was uh, comforting. But still, it's been the ups and downs of that year. And, uh, and the year of the tiger has been, as the Chinese say, it's an interesting year. Mm, I'm sure it was. Mm. Um, and I feel like lots of people are recovering from. Yeah, it's been, you know, it's two or three years now that we've had the COVID interruptions. Uh, and um, it's, I think everyone's getting very tired and fatigued. Mm. And on top of which, you know, there's all these economic issues as well um, high inflation, costs increases, etc. So um, the sooner we can put that behind us, the better. So I'm really looking forward mm. to what the year the rabbit will bring us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really appreciate having you here, um, especially to talk about this. Um, I'm so passionate about this um, and getting to know the Chinese heritage in Dunedin. Um, it's so important that people know more that, you know, how many people have um, settled here and yeah. called it home. Yeah, thank mm. you. Thank you for that. It's certainly been a long journey that the Chinese have been on here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, and may, may Waipunamu as well. Um, obviously, it came during the gold rush where the first Chinese settled, the bulk of the Chinese settled. There have been um, singular migrants as well, Apo Hockton, um, and his, he was a Wong, actually, mm-hmm. and he was the first Chinese to be naturalised uh, in, in New Zealand. So he settled in Nelson area. But yes, the bulk of the Chinese came during the gold rush, um, and New Zealand was known to them, the gold miners, as, in the Chinese terms, Sangam Sang, which is New Gold Mountain, and that's what brought them here. And uh, they've had a great... Enjoyed a great reputation, uh, the Chinese, and a great history here. And whilst there have been hardships and uh, and discrimination, they've got through that and uh, have become um, played a great part in 
Dunedin and Otago and New Zealand history. Mm. I think the rich history is so important for us to talk about and um, it's good to have people like you who can share uh, yeah, that part, you. that point of view. It's an honour yeah. to do that. Um, so what was it like growing up in Dunedin as a Chinese person? Well, I, I did a recent talk um, for the New Zealand, uh, Asia New Zealand Foundation of Growing Up. I called it Growing Up with Size 6 Feet shoes because my feet were quite small <laughs> and trying to get shoes was the hardest thing I uh, I, I struggled to get um, uh, I, I'm the youngest in my family by 10 years um, uh, I've got an older sister uh, 11 years older and an older brother 10 years older mm-hmm. so growing up was sort of almost like being a um, an only child because of the age gap uh, by the time I was growing up uh, you know to tell you the truth I didn't feel as though I was being discriminated against. I mean, lucky that I was able to choose my friends and have good friends around me. Uh, we celebrated our Chinese culture through our food and our gatherings and also through the Chinese festivals, obviously the main one being uh, Chinese New Year. Um, I always liked the Chinese Year because when you're a child and you say gong hei fat choi, which is um, the traditional Cantonese um, greeting for you get a red packet. Mm. And the red packet generally contained money, hong mm. bao. So that was my, uh, uh, was my um, over, overarching memory of growing up with Chinese New Year. Um, there are other small tradition, traditions as well. As like um, my mother would ensure that we swept up and vacuumed the house you know, before Chinese New Year because you can do it on Chinese New Year Day because of sweeping away the the good luck. Mm. So the question as I had when I was growing up was, should I be doing this in the two New Years, you know, the European New Year as well as the Chinese New Year? <laughs> yep. Could never work that out. Um, and, uh, oh, and the food as well. You know, obviously food is very important in uh, mm. maintaining your culture. And so that's what... Um, uh, and being Cantonese, you know, the Cantonese say, uh, we'll we eat anything with four legs as long as it's not a table and chair. So we really enjoy our food. And uh, and the men were very good cooks. Mm. And whenever we had uh, big um, uh, gatherings or parties, the men w- would help and do the main uh, bulk of the cooking. Um, uh, I remember my, my grandfather, well, I was told my grandfather... Um, he was uh, his. He was a good cook, and his best dish was xiaogai, which is soy sauce chicken. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I, and I enjoy cooking too. I enjoy cooking the Chinese meals in the weekend. By the time the weekend comes around, my wife says she's she's had enough of cooking, um, and so if. I didn't cook. We just have eggs on toast, and I said, "Well, you can't have that. That's not a meal." So we cook. I cook the Chinese food. My wife's uh, kiwi. So um, yeah. So we enjoy cooking. I enjoy cooking Chinese food, and and the girls really love Chinese food as well, which is great. And they're used to all the different flavors now, which is um, fantastic. Yeah, the different flavors are really important for them mm. to get used to. That's right. Mm. A lot of soy sauce, oyster yeah. sauce, um, you know, garlic, garlic, ginger. Yeah. Mm. Um, my my daughter, who's uh, 
the eldest daughter, Georgia, and she said she won't eat cauliflower unless it's stir-fried now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can't have it raw. No, no. It's or she doesn't, you know, just boiled or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes, you know, she's been in, she's uh, been at university in a hostel and, you know, sometimes they just don't cook because mm. um, they're dead with so many people. Uh, they, don't, they don't always cook things um, uh, the way that obviously she's used to. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, your parents, were they the ones who migrated here or was it your grandparents? Interesting. Um, my mother, she, God rest her soul, she passed away just last year. She was 102, but she was born in New Zealand. Mm. Um, she was the third oldest of uh, nine children. Her father, my um, Gung Gung, my uh, uh, maternal grandfather, he came over in 1904. Uh, and uh, he paid the poll tax, um, and my mother was born in New Zealand. My mother was born in Fielding. My father's father, my um, um, yeah, yeah, he he was born in China, and he came over in 1921, and he came over in the fruit shop um, industry. My mother's father was in the market garden industry, mm. uh, and so my father was born in China and migrated here in 1936, just before the um, war with Japan, basically. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, so but are both ready, um, uh, and both my grandfathers paid the poll tax uh, in the country. And actually, my great-uncle great was one of the last to pay the poll tax in New Zealand before it went up from £10 to a hundred pounds. Wow! Mm, so that was about eighteen ninety eight, I think it was. So, mm. Yeah. So yeah. So a little bit of a mixture there, um, and um, yeah. So my my grandfather, my father's father, came here to Dunedin, and uh, was involved in the fruit shop business, and so was my father and my brother as well. Mm. Mm. How was the fruit shop business? Well, the fruit shop business, uh, just like some of the traditional um, industries that the Chinese have been through, like the laundries, the market gardens uh, and the fruit shops, really is a thing of the past really now um, since the advent of convenient shopping and uh, and supermarkets, uh, the fruit shop has sort of gone by the way. Um, he's My brother was still, when the shop, Shut the fruit shop shut. I think it was one of the last fruit shops to shut in Chinese fruit shops to shut in Dunedin. Um, and then he carried on doing wholesaling, uh, so still maintaining uh, an interest in the industry. Mm. Mm. So your parents, um, how, like growing up, how did you see them embracing their Chinese culture? Well. Um, Chinese um, came over here um, from different villages and they used the village connections, um, the clan system, which we call with a C, not with a, not with a K, mm-hmm. <laughs> the clan system where they would support each other from the same villages. Uh, so we had the Sia, which is the four counties. They were mainly involved with the laundries and the restaurants. The Punyu were really involved with the market gardens. Um, and also um, uh, in some of the other industries and the fruit shop people came from Changsang, which is 
the area where my um, grandparents and parents came from. Um, so they would support each other through these uh, various um, get-togethers um, and community events. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we would maintain our own culture through the um, through the food. Um, also, uh, there was a Chinese school here as well, mm-hmm. teaching Cantonese. Uh, that closed when I was growing up, unfortunately, uh, and uh, and through our marking of our festivals as well. Um, so obviously, obviously, as I said before, the main one being Chinese New Year. There are three in the Mid-Autumn Festival, um, the Dragon Boat Festival and um, the Tomb Sweeping um, uh, as well for honouring your ancestors. So those were the sort of the main sort of special events. Yeah. Mm, there's always a um, celebration every few months, yeah, which keeps right. you busy as well. Yeah, that's mm. right. So it's nice. They generally coincide with different seasons as well. So yeah. it's, it's quite nice. Mm. So you went to Otago Boys. I did. Yeah. Well, well you've done your homework. <laughs> <laughs> I did. What was that like? Uh, oh, well, it was good. It was a someone else asked me that. I got a phone call from a friend of mine from um, a class classmate when I was at um, Otago Boys. He rang me out of the blue and said that that's that's Roman Verka here. And he said, "Do you remember me?" I said, "Yes, Roman. He was a very good. Uh, he was a very good swimmer." Uh, he lives in the North Island now, and he asked me the same question. He said, you know, growing up, you know, Tiger Boys, what was it like? I said, well, what he thought it was like for me. And I said, well, it was just a time of my stage of my life, which I went through and, and taught me uh, a few, um, you know, academic things mm. um, and was enabled me to go to university and become a chartered accountant. So, yeah, it was interesting. It was a time. It was a time of I managed to avoid anything which is un, untoward, mm. uh, and so um, uh, yeah. So, what did you enjoy studying then? Well, at that time, uh, there was a concentration on on mathematics and sciences. Mm. Um, in the end, I in the sixth and seventh seventh form, which is year twelve and thirteen now, I studied, studied accountancy at, at high school, and so I, I carried on with that. Mm. at university so that was the area that I guess I, I fell into and carried on with mm. um, for better for worse and mm. are you still enjoying it so far? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes I still enjoy the interaction with people because people think accountancy is dealing with numbers mm. all the time it's not just dealing with numbers it's actually um, dealing with people and communicating with people as well mm. so uh, yeah so I enjoy that aspect of it uh, it's um, it's a lot different from when I started work thirty odd years ago. Uh, it's certainly a more complicated place, in a more complicated world. So, uh, keeping up with things is always a bit of a challenge. Mm. What have you learned through your professional journey um, when it comes to you know just life in general? Yeah, life in general. <laughs> I think you've got to be. Um, uh, I think the first thing is that, and someone else said to me, reputation is very important because it can be, you know, it takes a whole lifetime to actually um, 
uh, gain a good reputation and it doesn't take long to destroy it. So mm. reputation is very important. Um, being um, truthful as well is, uh, is very important as well. You got, in the end, you've got to look yourself in the mirror and uh, think that, um, uh, you know, you've got to live with yourself in terms of what you do and what you say. And trying to help people and add value to to their life and, and I guess to the community as well. I think that's important. Mm, thank you for sharing that. Um, you're very involved with the Chinese community, um, just, you know, with everything you do, um, with the Chinese Garden Trust um, and also other things as well, the heritage. Yeah, so, mm. yeah, so I'm a trustee in the Chinese Poltex Heritage Trust. Mm. Uh, I think it was around about... Um, 2002 when the Labour-led government apologised to the Chinese and created a fund of $5 million to help promote Chinese, especially early Chinese, Cantonese history and culture Mm. in New Zealand. So I'm fortunate and privileged to be a trustee of that. I think think the first trust chairman of that was Dr James Ning from Dunedin. Mm. Um, Peter Chin has served as chairman of that trust as well. So it's had... um, quite a lot of input from very important our own kamatua from uh, the Chinese community here in Dunedin so uh, very honoured to be able to follow in their footsteps um, to to serve in that way um, so yeah so that fund was created and from that fund it's now grown to about $8.6 million mm-hmm. uh, we've given away uh, quite a bit of, of, as well for um, uh, in terms of um, Supporting grants and donations for various causes uh, for um, promoting Chinese Cantonese culture, um, and um, yeah, so so it's done quite a bit of good work, we think. Mm. So that's been quite interesting to serve on. Yes, I'm, I'm chairman of the Dean Chinese Gardens Trust as well. So, um, and we've got quite a few celebrations coming up yeah, shortly for Chinese New Year. That's mm. uh, very exciting. Exciting that we can actually do it because mm. last year we couldn't have gatherings of more than 150 people, ah. um, so we had to um, cancel Chinese New Year celebrations, which is unfortunate. Which and was... of course, we got big fireworks display. Yes, yeah. So uh, that, so our the Chinese New Year starts on on the 22nd mm. of, of January. Changes obviously every year with the lunar calendar. Uh, and so, but we we are going to have our celebrations on the at the Chinese Garden on Saturday the twenty eighth. So mm. let's keep that in your calendar. Mm. I'm sure people are looking forward to fireworks. Yeah, so <laughs> ten o'clock the fireworks. So hopefully it doesn't affect your animals yep. too much, and we apologise for that. And if you are an early sleeper, um, you might get woken up at ten o'clock with some a loud banging. Very, it's important from a cultural point of view, though. The having the noise and, and etc. That's mm. um, part of our um, story of Chinese New Year. Mm. Mm. And you were involved with the um, Lan Yuan Garden um, establishment. Uh, yeah, I, I was fortunate to be one of the trustees to be involved. Um, I think it was in July, and I think it was about the 23rd of July, 1997, when Peter Chin, who was chairman of the trust, said, uh, look, I wonder if you can help out um, being an accountant. We need a treasurer for the trusts. Mm. Um, I've always been interested in history. Um, so um, 
Uh, I said, yeah, sure, you know, and then sort of 25 years later I'm still involved with it. Uh, yeah. But it's been a, a pleasure to work on it and it's been, um, I guess, the um, uh, for the that the steering committee, who was chaired by uh, James Ning, had the foresight to say, you know, we need to have some sort of permanent establishment recognition for the Chinese and all the work they have done. Um, and that happened during um, the Sesquicentenary, centenary, the 150th celebration of the founding of Dunedin as a European settlement. Uh, so they had a whole, I think, a week or a month of China celebrations, and they said, we need something more than just a dinner. We need more than just, you know, um, platefuls of sweet and one tons that people were eating, you know, that's the end of it. So we need a permanent recognition. So the garden took seed and took root at that time. It was blessed by the Kamatua, the site and the dawn um, celebration. And Jim Ning, who had almost made him cry, he says, mm. that... Um, uh, Kuei Langsbury, who was the upoko of the uh, Otaka Runaka, said he acknowledged that the Chinese were one of the founding people of Otago. Mm. <coughs> so that was very important. So important. Um, can you tell us about the authenticity of the Chinese garden? Uh-huh. Yeah, because that's a really good story to share. Yeah, sure. Uh, happy. I can. You only got how long have you got? Oh, uh, we've got an hour. <laughs> We've got 40 minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Could talk on this for ages. But anyway, I'll try to make it succinct. Uh, when we built the garden, we had a New Zealand Chinese architect. His name was Bruce Young from Auckland involved. And he had worked in Hong Kong. So he did the concept plan for the garden. And when he made the plans up, he said, oh, how are we actually going to build this garden because you know we don't have the techniques and it's not just a garden like you know planting grass and having trees it's quite a different concept from a European garden it's a walled garden it's where the scholar would have his home so that's why they're called scholars gardens mm-hmm. um, and so they're urban gardens as well within these closed walls uh, and he said how are we going to build it because we don't we, We'd have to build with New Zealand materials, Monier roof tiles, etc. And um, so, fortunate that Dunedin at that stage had become sister cities with Shanghai in 1994. And in 1997, there was an exhibition at that Targo Art Gallery um, called Golden Splendor from the Shanghai Museum. Mm. And we had got to meet the Shanghai Museum director came over opening the um, exhibition and when Peter Chin showed him the plans of what we're trying to do he said look we can help you build an authentic garden and he said that's great that's great because we had no idea how we were going to build this garden in the end and how it was going to be special and so yes we'll make this special that will be the only authentic Chinese garden in the southern hemisphere so we couldn't resist that, of course. Uh, but it took us 10 years to raise the money and then um, about two years to build it. Um, and it's authentic in the sense that obviously it, the concept plan which Bruce had put together it really had not changed, but it was um, uh, increased to or, or 
modify or to be authentic in terms of was used authentic materials mm. we used to build it um, and we had the um, uh, a professor of ancient Chinese architecture called Chao Yong Kang from the um, uh, uh, Shanghai um, Jia Tong University um, he came and put together an authentic design for us based on Bruce Young's concept plan. So, um, and then what happened was is that we got through our contacts with the Shanghai Museum, we got a Shanghai um, construction company who was an expert in, in building Chinese gardens. Uh, they built it authentically using authentic techniques and materials from China. So they um, came over? They came over. It was put together in a big Shanghai or Suzhou warehouse and they put all the material, the pavilions together, the framework, and then they took it apart and labelled it and it came over in 102 containers. Wow. Um, and uh, 40-odd Chinese artisans came over and put it together within six months. So they had chopped down the tr- the, uh, the logs, etc., aged them for about six months and, and then moved to, to dry them out and then they put everything together in in Shanghai, Suzhou, which is just out of Shanghai, and then um, took it apart and put it together for us. The interesting thing is apart from the techniques which have been used because there are no nails holding any of those um, um, buildings together, um, there are 40 containers of rock which we brought over from Shanghai from um, uh, their garden lake rock they're called um, uh, Taihu Shi uh, it's great lake rock it comes from an area in China um, and it's the third largest freshwater lake in China and this is the only area where this rock is found it's been used in Chinese artwork since the Tang Dynasty which is about 600 AD and they're mostly used in the Ming Dynasty and the Qing Dynasty and um, and you can't get this rock outside of China now you can't get it outside of the province of where it comes from so you'll never get an authentic garden uh, of this calibre anywhere else in the world now it's probably the last of the of these authentic scholars' gardens. Here it is in Little Old Dunedin, the southernmost Chinese garden in the world. Uh, and we've got almost a 1,000 tonnes of this rock. When they were going to build um, a Chinese garden in Wellington, these uh, Chinese um, uh, company representatives came down to look at our garden mm-hmm. and uh, they were going to sponsor this, this garden in Wellington. Um, hasn't gone ahead as of this moment but when he saw the rock here the Taihu rock said oh you've got Taihu rock he said yes and he said it's, you can't, we can't get it anymore I said yes I know and I said we've got almost a thousand tons of this he said I'm very jealous he said <laughs> and knowing that it's um, something very it's priceless now so this type of so it's a real um it's, it's what they call um, a slice of heaven on earth. Mm. Mm. So it's got the garden's got to look as though it's made. Uh, it's, it comes from heaven, but it's made with the hand of men. Mm. Mm. 
I love how there was so much effort and, um, you know, teamwork around this. It was. Yeah. You're right. Exactly right. I think about it now and I just think, you know, the stars were aligned, even though it took us 10 years to raise the money. In the end, the stars were aligned for us to finalise the project. We raised the money. We raised sufficient money to be able to go to central government um, and at that time we had two cabinet ministers here, uh, Pete Hodgson and David Benson-Pope, and they helped us immeasurably. They said, well, at that time Pete Hodgson, who was a senior cabinet minister, said, look, you've done what we've asked you to do, leave it with us now, and they came up with the balance of the money, which is $3.75 million to help us finish this garden. Uh, and so there was teamwork from... It's as though hands from across the sea were helping us from Shanghai, you know, um, central government, the, the, the um, GCC helped us in terms of giving us the land. They 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 put a million dollars into this project. The Community Trust of Otago was one of their largest donations at the time. They put a million dollars into this project. We raised our money. Um, and, and the teamwork didn't stop there just from raising the money. It's also the... the the New Zealand contractors here did all the foundation work um, and whilst that was happening, all these structures were being built in Shanghai to fit onto the foundations. Mm. So um, when we measured up some of the dimensions, uh, when we went over to check on, on the progress, the, some of the structures were only about three millimetres out from... so. It all seemed to work out, and it was just a product of its time. Um, and whether we would be able to do it again, well, you can't get the materials, so that puts a stop to that. But also the economic climate at the time enabled us to bring in the Shanghai workers as well um, to do it authentically. So, yes, it's real treasure, and it's important that it's kept keeps its authenticity here for um, as a as a tribute. Mm. And yeah, it's such a special thing because um, you think, like, you look at it and you think even the rocks are from China. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, the plants are from New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we can't bring bring in the plants, but um, the Chinese from the U Garden, our sister garden, came over. Mm. They're not worried about the whether the plants are Chinese ones as long as they give the same atmosphere um, as as the Chinese garden. Ought to create, so they're quite okay with New Zealand plants, and um, so yeah. So and it is the thing about that walking through the garden is is it's idyllic. It's right. It's, it gives you that sense of peace. That sense of peace um, doesn't just come from just by luck. It comes from planning of how the garden is put together mm. because there's a juxtaposition of opposites in the garden, the light and the dark, the soft and the you know, the hard and the round and the winding and the straight, etc. All these uh, promote the, what they call the rhythm of nature to give that sort of balance of life, the yin and the yang, mm. and that creates this beautiful, idyllic nature of the garden, on top of which it's... Um, yeah, it's it's a it's a special place for the Chinese, and it's uh, it's our. I think it's 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 certainly the cultural footprint of China's identity in New Zealand. We're very blessed to be able to have it here in Dunedin. Mm. 
And I love how every year the locals get to experience it as yeah, well, especially yeah, during right. the New Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we celebrate about the three festivals here, the um, Dragon Boat Festival, the Mid-Autumn Festival, which is actually in spring in New Zealand, but it's the Moon Festival, we call it. And of course, the big one, which is Chinese New Year, which is, um, yeah, so it's a real high point for us. Um, and of and it goes with the lunar calendar, so obviously it changes every mm. year. So, um, yeah. Um, talking about the lunar calendar, um, can you share with us a bit of what you understand from um, the changing of the cycles in uh, the moon? Oh, in terms of different animals mm. that the created the Chinese zodiac. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Right. And you're a um, you're a rabbit, aren't you? Yes, uh, I am. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, wow, that's very good. Um, what are you? I'm a pig. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> pig is the last animal of the uh, of the lunar cycle. The story goes, of course, the Yellow Emperor wanted to invite um, uh, have a dinner and invited the first the first twelve animals, which. Um, were um, came to the dinner would be invited to to have a seat at the table, and of course the um, the rat is a bit of a cunning animal, so he hopped on the back of the ox to save his strength, and especially when they're crossing the river. And as soon as they got close to the um, dinner table, he hopped off and ran ahead. So that's why the rat is the first animal, the mm-hmm. ox is the second, the tiger, which we just had, is the third, and the rabbit. The rabbit was the fourth, and he was. And you might think that why well, the rabbit would be the first because he's the quickest. It's a bit like the tortoise and the hare. The rabbit knew that he was going to be quite quick, and he always said, um, had his friend the ox on, that he was so slow the ox and so he would never get there first and the rabbit would beat him the rabbit uh, ran ahead and got so tired he fell asleep uh, <laughs> just like the just like the Aesop fable the tortoise and the hare and so when he woke up he was only the fourth animal to mm. be there but um, yeah it's supposed to be a year of harmony a year of prosperity a year of peace so um, hopefully it's going to be a good year of healing from what we've had and of course uh, Albert Einstein was a rabbit mm. And, of course, the most famous of all was uh, that rabbit, Bugs Bunny. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like we all deserved a year of a rabbit. Yes, I think we all everything we've been through. Yes, Mm. I agree. I totally agree. It's, um, yes. Just curious, what do you know about the pig? Oh, the pig? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. Um, Oh, I don't know. Pig is supposed to be a loyal animal. Um, mm hard-working, um, uh, good at communicating, I think. That already that. sounds like you're describing yourself. Uh, am I? <laughs> <laughs> An accountant. Perhaps, like, perhaps I've just fitted myself in to be, uh, 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 be a good pig rather than the other way around. I yeah. don't know. But, uh, oh. mm. um, thank you so much for sharing that. Um, it really helps us to have good intentions coming into the new year um, when we're aware of the year, you know, mm. the year of the rabbit. Mm. Um, so how do you usually spend Lunar New Year? <laughs> mm. I usually spend it at the Chinese Garden, actually. So oh. um, the big celebrations that we have um, is – and is, is um, so I'm, I help out being the MC at the garden with um, 
uh, P from Callum and P. She's uh, she's been a um, an MC for since we started the um, celebrations at the garden. Mm-hmm. Um, there used to be before we had the Chinese garden. The celebrations for Chinese New Year used to be at the Octagon. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how do we then link in when we had the Chinese garden? How do we link in? the celebrations which used to be at the Octagon and bring the city to the Chinese Garden. So actually what happened was is that we were looking at a video, a, a TV program about Chinese New Year in China and in the village there was a dragon parade mm-hmm. which the um, went through the village and the villagers followed the dragon. So my wife said, why don't you do that in Dunedin? So have a dragon parade and starting at the octagon and then for people to follow the dragon down to the Chinese garden. So we put that to the DCC and they agreed. So we were able to get, and there were a lot more Chinese here living in Dunedin, so the, the more recent migrants, the um, Dr. Dr. He Zhang Hu from the um, Dunedin Scholars and Students Association, he got his students to help out to um, become to performers for the dragon. Mm. So we um, then had the dragon parade at the Octagon and started there and carried on down to the Chinese Garden. So the, there's the, the traffic is stopped. So we start at the uh, Octagon around about 7pm on the 28th and then the dragon parade happens and the people there can follow the dragon down to the down to the Chinese Garden, and then the celebrations start down at the Chinese Garden about Nahapa Kudate or something like that. Mm. We have um, dignitaries at the Chinese Garden. Um, we have obviously the mayor, his worship, the mayor, George Radish, who will say a few words of welcome. We are also very blessed to have Banafenua there, um, and they will give the Māori um, formal welcome as well at the beginning. Um, and uh, and then we also have the representatives from the Chinese consulate in um, in uh, Christchurch. We have a few words, and we're very lucky this year and blessed to have a visitor from the North Island, the Race Relations Commissioner, Ming oh, Fun. So he's going to be here. So he's going to say a few words too. So yeah. So that's um, and then then they will the dignitaries will then um, ceremoniously. Um, paint the eyes on the lions and the lion dance will happen which is the lion is the uh, traditional lion dance from the southern Chinese um, the Guangdong Tongyang the the Cantonese people from where I come from they will have a lion dance at the Chinese garden and then the festivities will start at the Chinese garden culminating Mm. in the fireworks at 10 o'clock Sounds like there's a lot happening. Yeah, there is a lot happening. A lot of performers as well, Uh. multicultural performances between 8 and 10, Mm. um, a quarter to 8 and 10 o'clock as well. Mm. So there's a lot going on. Mm. The gold coin donation for entrance to the garden during that time. Uh, And so those donations go to the trust to help us out with um, um, various projects that we have. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So one of those projects this year... Um, is with the um, uh, Targa Southern Chinese Association and the um, 
the Needing Chinese Gardens Trust have got together to form a charitable company called Sangam Sang, which is New Gold Mountain in Cantonese. Okay. Um, and this is uh, the kaupapa of, of this company. It's a charitable company to, to prepare um, class lessons based on the Chinese history in Dunedin because there's been a new um, histories curriculum rolled out by the Ministry of Education uh, called um, the Aotearoa Histories Curriculum. Um, and there's obviously a focus on the biocultural aspects of New Zealand history, mm. uh, but on the back of that is a story of the migrants. Um, and so the migrant history and local migrant history is very important and uh, as part of the core curriculum. Uh, and so we thought that it's important that people understood about the Chinese involvement in the migrant history and it's important also to have that to come from the community as well so that's why we created this company to help um, prepare these class lessons so we're going to launch those that concept and what we're doing at um, in the Chinese Lawrence camp mm. um, Chinese New Year celebrations on the Sunday the 29th so um, yeah, so they bring me celebrations here in Dunedin on the twenty eighth. Celebrations in Lawrence, and in Lawrence has a very special feature, which not many places have, and it's a traditional pig oven. <gasps> so we have someone to be able to help us out, and that's actually one of those people. It's actually the race relations commissioner oh, really? <laughs> He's very good at roasting, and it's a very traditional and a special way of of roasting a pig, a whole pig. Um, and the oven is a cylindrical um, brick and concrete oven, and you heat it up, and then and then actually once it gets really hot, you lower the pig into it um, from the top, and it cooks in the oven for quite a number of hours um, once it's got to a certain temperature. Is that an old oven? Like, has that mm. been there? Mm. Yeah, it's been there. It's been that pig oven. I think has been there since the Chinese Lawrence camp was first wow. founded, and that was in the eighteen eighteen sixties, eighteen eighteen seventies. That's so beautiful. There's so many things going on, wow. and, and like it's so important that um, those few moments represent. You know something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's important to celebrate these moments because mm. otherwise, we don't we don't see things. We forget about them, and also it brings cultures together mm. uh, and remind us that New Zealand is multicultural. Um, you know, uh, and we're all migrants here. Yeah. Some uh, some of us have been here longer than others. That's all. Mm. Mm. Uh, and really appreciate you sharing about the school curriculum that. Oh. Uh, you're working on yep. um, to incorporate the Chinese history into New Zealand history because um, just imagining the young school kids who will be learning that it's going to change how they think about Aotearoa. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's important. I think it's really great to have that opportunity, uh, and and we're very grateful that the. Ministry of Education has listened to the submissions and made, and we're thankful for those who have done the work to ensure that the migrant story, the Chinese story, has been included. Um, and uh, it's important that, yeah, it's great that it's been part of the core curriculum, really. Um, and and we thought that we'd take the bull by the horns or the, 
the rabbit by the ears in, in mm-hmm. Otago and start to create something from the gra- grassroots level mm-hmm. that teachers are able to, to use. Um, so, yeah, so that's what we're going to announce. This is a little bit of a pre-announcement. Mm-hmm. You heard this on uh, OR. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we're going, to, we're going to announce this officially uh, on Sunday the 29th of January. Mm, really exciting. Thank you so much for um, sharing that. And um, maybe one more promo about what's going on next Saturday. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so, so, apart, so the Dragon Parade will start, lead us down to the Chinese Garden, um, and then there'll be the lion dance to start the festivities, and there'll be quite a number of different cultures um, um, performances. I think usually we have uh, Indian dancing. Um, we have um, African drummers. Uh, I think we might have the Japanese drummers at some stage as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chinese performances, obviously, because it's Chinese New Year. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will keep us entertained. There'll be food as well down there. There are food trucks down there as well. Um, the gold coin donation to go through the garden at that time for people. There's um, for those in the garden itself. Um, there's, I've see the money tree, uh, or the wishing tree, I should say, mm. where you know and people would write uh, wishes on a red ribbon and attach it to the tree. So hopefully it brings you luck for the mm. for the coming year. Um, and um, uh, yeah, accumulating hopefully weather permitting. Mm. And it's uh, it's not the rain that stops the um, the fireworks; it's the wind. Oh. Because if the wind gets too high, uh, it's too much of a danger. Uh, so, yeah. so we have to pray for good weather, and pray for not much wind, mm-hmm. but not too hot. <laughs> because if it gets too hot and there's a fire ban, then we may not have can't have the fireworks. But True. so we need nice weather uh, and not too windy, and we have the fireworks at ten o'clock. Mm, we're all wishing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned that. People will write um, their wishes yeah. and tie them on a tree. Yeah. What would be your wish? What are you going to write on that tree? <laughs> uh, my wish would be to have a, a a nice, peaceful year for everyone. Mm. Mm. Uh, so we hope that all the conflicts stop overseas yeah. uh, and people can able to just enjoy having a nice, healthy life. Mm. I really appreciate having you here today, Mac. Welcome. Thank you so much. Um, and wishing you Happy New Year. Ah, mm. Thank you. Uh, to you and to all your listeners as well. And thank you for asking me to come on. It's been a privilege to be able to talk. appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM. Oh,
Selamat datang. Konnichiwa. Hola. Annyeonghaseyo. Assalamu alaikum. And kia ora. Connecting Cultures Features is a show by and for the beautiful and diverse multicultural people of Dunedin. Join me every Friday noon for Connecting Cultures Features on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, podcast on oar.org.nz.
This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.